episode of Rich Insights. I'm Don Rich, Head of Investments for Estateca Capital Markets. Today's topic is on the direction of the equity market, right? We had a, a pullback last week, but it really wasn't much of a pullback. In fact, all we did was take back the previous week's gains, right? So we were up 5% two weeks ago. We're down 5% last week. Not much of a pullback, all right? So where are we likely to go from here? Well, the punchline is going to be the data suggests we should go sideways to down from here. And that should probably last over the next three or four weeks. Now, how far down we go, that's really the tough question. And I'll explain that uh, as we go through it. But let's start off by looking at uh, the numerical information, right? To try to assess, are we more likely to go up or down? So we're going to start uh, with the good news, right? The positive information. What we see on this chart here is the earnings for the S&P 500, earnings for emerging markets, and earnings for Europe, Asia, and the Far East. We can see that we're in an earnings down cycle in the S&P 500. Earnings down cycle for emerging markets and for Europe, Asia, and the Far East. All right, we're in an earnings down cycle. And we also notice from previous down cycles, these tend to last for long periods of time. They don't happen often, but when we're in an earnings down cycle, they, we tend to stay in the earnings down cycle for longer periods of time. So we shouldn't expect that to change uh, anytime soon. All right, so we're in an earnings down cycle for some markets, but notice over here, the NASDAQ 100 is still in an earnings up cycle. All right, that's the exciting part. That's the exciting part. When you think about, you know, should we go uh, up, down, or sideways from here? Uh, we also got to be thinking about what's most likely to, to do well um, going forward. And looking at it from an earnings perspective, it, NASDAQ 100 just jumps out uh, being head and shoulders better than anything else. But the next question we have to ask ourselves is, is it already priced in? Is that good news already priced in? All right, and to get at that, we're going to start off by looking at some short-term measures, right? Some momentum measures, and then some longer-term measures. So let's start here. <clears throat> we're looking at the percent of the S&P 500 constituents that are trading above their 50-day moving average. And we also have the percent of members of, of Europe trading above their 50-day, the percent in Japan trading above their 50-day, and then the percent in the world index, all right, the world composite. Now, what we see from this is that we're just coming off all-time highs. All right, in the U.S., we had more S&P 500 members trading above their 50-day moving average than ever before in history. We're just coming off that all-time high. All right, that tells us things in the U.S. have been overbought on a scale we've never seen in the last 30 years. Wow. All right, that's a statement. And it's not only the U.S., so Europe... Japan and the world are all we're, we're all at all-time highs are very close to all-time highs all right so everything everything is bid up in the short run mm. yeah, that's a concern not only bid up we we are clearly in overbought territory at this point um, they're bid up, up bid up so much so in the short term things are are uh, bid up but what about the long run again we have earnings going up have prices fully reflected that earnings increase? All right, so here we're looking at forward P.E. ratios on the S&P 500. Okay, the brown line is a forward. The blue line is the trailing. Let's just focus on, on what the market thinks 
uh, based on one year forward earnings, right? That's what the forward PE is. The price today uh, relative to one year forward earnings. And the dotted brown line tells us the last observation here on June 14th. All right, so where are we at today? We are at levels we haven't seen since the dot-com bubble. The increased earnings, right? The, the earnings up cycle, that good news continues, but is it priced in? Yes, by all indications, it is priced in and then some, right? We are in bubble territory as far as that goes. Let's go to the next chart though. And here we have the MSCI world, all right? So maybe it's just the U.S. that, that is, is overbought and overvalued. No, here we see the MSCI world, same story. The brown line is a forward P.E. ratio and the dotted brown line. And then we can take that back in history. Again, we haven't seen valuations this crazy since the dot-com bubble. All right. So on a short-term momentum basis, we're overbought. Uh, from a valuation perspective, right? The earnings are still increasing, at least for the NASDAQ. But that's more more than already reflected in the prices. All right, that's that's not a good thing. Both of those uh, indicators would suggest we have to go down from here and perhaps substantially down. Before we get to that, though, let's go. Let's think about the S&P 500 versus NASDAQ. We said the NASDAQ earnings, well, the chart said the NASDAQ earnings look more encouraging, more favorable than they did for the S&P 500. So let's try to uh, dig down a little bit on that. Uh, here we have uh, relative prices between the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. So all we're doing here is taking the, the NDX price each day, right? The, the price for the NASDAQ 100 uh, and dividing it by the S&P 500. It's called a relative price. We start off at one here in January 2001, and you can see where we're at today. All right, so what this chart tells us is that NASDAQ is the most expensive ever Right? Since 2001, we've never been more expensive relative to the S&P 500. So let's start putting the pieces together. On a short-term basis, momentum basis, we're overbought. On the PE basis, the NASDAQ and, and, and the S&P 500 and the MSCI World, all the PE valuations are at dot-com bubbles. And the most encouraging earnings chart was the NASDAQ 100, but it's already at a record differential to the S&P 500. We're unraveling a whole bunch of bad news here, folks. It looks like any good news has already been priced in, and then, and then some, perhaps. In a normal environment like this, I would be thinking we're probably looking at a 15 to 20% pullback. But these are unusual times, right? These are unusual times. Now, the reason they're so unusual, the thing we haven't talked about so far is positioning, right? I put flows, port portfolio flows, cross-border flows, and positioning in the same bucket. And what makes these so unusual is, is that I've showed you many charts in the past on hedge fund positioning, for instance. The hedge funds do not appear to have participated in this equity rally. Certainly not as much as some other parties. So the hedge funds haven't been participating. And the long-only professional, the institutional, right, the big dogs, the long-only money managers haven't been participating either. The strange thing about right now, right, when I say it's uncharted waters, the strange thing is that the retail investor seems to be the marginal price setter right now. All right, that, it, it, that doesn't happen often. All right, I'm going to show you another chart to try to illustrate that today rather than, than show you something you've already seen. So here we're looking at the performance 
of three different baskets here. So we have the S&P 500 in the green line, right? Over the last 90 days, the three-month return is 27.5%. Shit, that's pretty good, right? Now, of course, the 90-day the, the return almost exactly puts us at the depths of, of the COVID virus. So that's one of the reasons for the nearly 30% return on the S&P. But whenever you can get nearly 30% return in three months, take it, right? That's good. That's good news. But let's look at some of these other areas here. The next one we'll look at is the brown line. The brown line is, is a Goldman Sachs index of hedge fund uh, position. These are the stocks that the hedge funds hold the highest percentage of. All right, their biggest overweights. And what you can see there is that the hedge funds are up 37 and a half, right? They're up 10% more over the last 90 days than uh, the S&P 500. And finally, finally, we have uh, the retail stocks here. The retail stocks. It's another Goldman Sachs index here. Up 61%. That's the blue line. 61%. Again, all I'm trying to do on this chart is tell you it looks like, by all indications, it looks like the marginal price setter right now is the retail investor. So when we look at these crazy valuations, when we look at the overbought short-term measures, you would think, wow, we are most likely in for a big pullback. Again, a 15 to 20% pullback. But we look at positioning, though, and we got a lot of people on the sidelines that haven't participated in the rally yet. So I don't think we're going to see a 15 to 20% down move on, on, on our next move because people are sitting on the sidelines. They can't miss out a second time. They're going to have to jump in. So I still think, again, over the next three to four weeks, perhaps a little longer, we trade sideways to down. How far down? That's the hard part. Now, the last uh, thing I want to leave you with is the... Um, the importance of asset allocation, all right? The importance of asset allocation. So the S&P 500 is down about 5% so far this year, right? Minus 5. While the Lehman Ag, the bond index for the U.S., is up 5.7%, all right? So one's up 5 and chains, one's down 5, all right? And that gives you a 60-40 portfolio that's just above zero, all right? It's about 50 basis points ahead so far on the year. All right. Why am I telling you this? Again, whether we think things can go up or down, what we have to realize is right now, both tails are very fat, right? The, the chances of extreme outcomes, whether they're extremely good or extremely bad, both tails are fat right now. So that suggests the importance of asset allocation. Again, you want to have enough exposure on if the really good outcomes uh, come to bear. But you also want to have enough protection in place, right? Your bonds are your protection. You want to have enough protection in place that if the downside tail comes to fruition, uh, that you're still all right. All right. Again, that, that's our message for today. I'm Don Rich, and you've just experienced a rich insight. I hope you've enjoyed it. May your beer be colder than the company you keep. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.